Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Screenplay Writers Podcast. We are the Screenplay Writers. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Screenplay Writers Podcast, the only podcast by, for, and about screenplay writers and screenplays. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. What's up? My name's Nathan. And we are back again for another week of screenplay writing talk, talk about screenplays and how to write them. Uh, good to be here. It's approaching winter, definitely, but uh, that for us is, really, I would say, Nathan, prime real estate, I mean, for screenplay writing. No, absolutely. I feel like it's winter's cuffing season, and when you're in a, in a relationship with your work in the same way that we are, it's sort of necessary to kind of retreat inwards, spend some time in, indoors with a blanket, yeah. and a in a laptop, yeah, uh, a laptop that's powered on. It's hot. It's on your lap, and uh, you have your programs open. It's keeping you warm. It's keeping you warm yeah. in a way that nothing else can. Yeah, it's true. We call this keyboard season because we're always on <clears throat> the keyboard, always typing away at screenplays. It's true. We've got six or seven on the go each, plus three or four that we've got overlapping. That we're just kind of always bouncing back and forth, brainstorming, whiteboarding, screenplay, writing, character development, plotting, and moving these things forward. That's what we do. We write screenplays all the time. A lot of times the holidays is when people wind down to spend time with friends and family. We kind of do the opposite, do the I opposite. would say. Yeah. yeah. We wind up. We wind up. Yeah, we wind up. We write more screenplays. We pour a bit of wine, and we wind up. Exactly like a little Nutcracker toy. Yeah, we purposely... I've never seen the Nutcracker. Me either. Because every time my family goes to see it, I'm usually like, well, that would be two hour, two to four hours of prime screenplay writing time that I want to spend working on my screenplays. That's like... Uh, I just kind of make that my default email signature so i can just kind of respond to family events like that well that would be two to four hours of screenplay writing time it's just kind of my go-to response to anyone trying to spend time with me yep yeah we've got it booked in our calendars for most of the two weeks around christmas is screenplay time and i've always thought that about the ballet and the nutcracker and dance performances is essentially yeah, but that's screenplay writing time. Uh, so it's not that I don't want to go. It's that it's expensive time for me. I consider it expensive because it's time I could be spending on my screenplays, which will pay dividends in the future when those things get developed. I don't even mean financial dividends. I just mean personal screenplay dividends. That screenplay time, I could be writing screenplays. Um, I just can't really afford to go see those dance recitals and ballets. So that's what we do. And that brings us to 
This question, Nathan, have you seen any good movies lately? No. Yeah. No, I haven't. No, okay. All right. Uh, Walk me through that. I was busy today. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's cleaning fair. cleaning you, leaves you know, from the neighborhood. Right, you can stop it right there. You don't yeah. even need to explain. Okay, good. When you say busy busy today, I get it. Okay. Um busy today, busy tomorrow. Busy today, busy tomorrow. Busy all the time is one of my favorite rhymes. Um <laughs> when talking about getting stuff done. It's uh something I go to Often, when people ask me what I'm up to, I'm just like busy today, busy tomorrow, busy got stuff on the go or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I have different variations that I pull out. <laughs> it all starts the time. busy today, busy tomorrow, and then there's about sixty variation points, and yes. th- and that's kind of a moment for you to customize it. That's where you show your creativity. Yeah, is in that third line of the punchline. I call it. Um, you you do what you need to get a laugh or do something engaging or connected to your day yeah that's true like if you uh um <laughs> if you were planning on making homemade pizzas the next day mm. you could say or like or like even right then like at a homemade pizza making party you could be like yep. busy today busy tomorrow busy making homemade pizzas exactly and then that kind of gets a laugh because it's situational yeah, it's I know. Making sense. It's to easy the... to rhyme. It's easy to make something memorable. I, I like that. Um, busy today, busy tomorrow. People remember that it's memorable. Yeah. Yeah, watching TV tonight. You know, yeah. That's what, another example. Is it if you're watching TV and you have the remote in your hand? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're texting in one hand, remote in the other. That's when you're at home. So, let's talk about today's theme, which is the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And contrary to popular belief, no, it's not the latest breakfast item at McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> Which is what I thought it was, but it's not. Yes, it's not. That was in the 80s. They they introduced the MacGuffin. And they discontinued it with pizza yes. and nachos. I loved that pizza, though. It was I good pizza. I loved that McDonald's pizza. I don't know if I lived in a test city for it or what, but we <laughs> had it for quite a while. We, I always got it. There's a certain town in Texas that's, I believe, that's actually a test city for yes. fat. Have you heard about this town? Uh, yeah, I think it's called McDonald's Town. That's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. It's cool. They, I'd love to live there. Yeah, they get all the, the newest items. They get to test them out, offer their opinion. There's cameras all outside all of McDonald's, like recording. Candid camera style. Candid camera. You know, what did you think of that? What did you think of this? You know, give us your opinion. There's like one of those things you see at airports where it's like, how was your service today? And it's like a bunch of smiley faces, like yeah. one green and then one's red. And then you hit the button. I had that exact same experience leaving the A&W the other day. Big screen there. How did we do today? Gave him a five out of five. It was good? Yeah, Beyond Meat Burger. Yeah, Beyond Meat Burger. Um, no cheese, but you have to get no mayo. Swapped mayo for mustard, which oh. is a totally fine swap. Mustard, to me, is probably even on a higher level than mayo anyway. Yeah, no uncle sauce. None of that sauce stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not huge on mustard. I can like, I can, 
I can oh. have mustard. Maybe I should do that next time, though, because last couple of times I've just gotten no mayo, and then... It's... I mean, it's essentially yellow vinegar. Thick yellow vinegar is what I we call mustard in my house. Yeah. Past the thick yellow vinegar, because that's essentially what it is. It's very tart, very acidic, very crisp, which are all synonyms for acidity. Uh, it's thick, though. And it's, you know, spread it on a piece of toast, a uh, piece of bread. It's Toast? Acidic. Yeah, you know, a little bit of toast with mustard, a nice hit of acidity in the morning. Get your day started off right. Interesting. I've never tried that before, but I'd love to. So the MacGuffin. The yes. MacGuffin is an element of a screenplay or a screen uh, movie on screen that... It's an object or, or device essentially used by the screenwriter to revolve, uh, to weave a story around. It doesn't in itself have to have much of a particular origin or much of a particular meaning uh, going back in time. But it's just a simple object that, that can be used to, to craft a story around it. That's what's so perfect about the MacGuffin. Um, it was I believe created by a woman named MacGuffin, Madame MacGuffin, one of the original screenwriters, who came up with it um, in her first screenplay, The MacGuffin. And it was all about the concept of The MacGuffin. And uh, she used it in her screenplay, and then afterwards they named it after her. What's your favorite MacGuffin, Nathan? Tell us. The um, the Turkish Turkish delight in oh. Chronicles of Narnia, oh, yes. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes, no, absolutely. The entire Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series revolves around this one slice of <laughs> Turkish delight. That's the characters are constantly trying to grab. Yes, pass stuff. me the Turkish delight. Where's the Turkish delight? It's through. <laughs> The wardrobe. You must go through the wardrobe to get Turkish Delight. What I like about Turkish Delight is that you just say Turkish Delight. You don't say, like, piece of Turkish Delight or no. slice. You just say Turkish Delight. You don't say Turkish Delights. Yeah, there's no article. Yeah. Okay? It can be plural or singular, Turkish Delight. It's like this universal concept that permeates space and time. That yeah. That pervades... All that we are, all appetites, all flavors. It's a bit fruity. Is it sweet? Is it tart? Is it fruit? You know, it's got all these interesting components that really makes it very flexible and the perfect MacGuffin. Yeah, the characters want it. The characters need it. The lion wants to have it on his grubby little paws. Yeah, the lion will eat anything. The witch? Even though cats aren't supposed to eat everything. They're more protein Protein plant-based, yeah. Protein-based animals. They shouldn't really be eating eating MacGuffins of any kind. No, definitely not. Unless there are steaks. Unless there's steaks, yeah. That's true. If the MacGuffin was a steak, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, no, that would. Uh, MacGuffin, I have seen a MacGuffin as a steak once in a screenplay I read called The Italian Detective. <laughs> and it's all revolves around this steak Restaurant and this particular steak that these uh, criminals are vying to eat, and there's only one steak. Turns out there's only one steak left, 
in the restaurant and that's how they are discovered. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times you'll find that MacGuffins are food. Yes. Just sort of food items that people are hungry for. Yeah. yeah. Which is where McDonald's got their idea, idea from. Yeah. yeah. To to base a food product around it. Yeah. Like in the movie Big Night, for mm-hmm. example, that's all yeah. based around a big dinner. Yeah. Every one of those dishes is a MacGuffin. Yeah. In that screenplay. Yeah. It's a MacGuffin buffet. Have you and have you seen the founder? I haven't seen it. It's good. I've read it many times. Yeah. So I know all about it. I've never read it, but I've seen it oh. with the audio off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just watching for just visuals. The, just watching for visuals. I was in a visual phase. Visual phase. Yeah. But I noticed how many burgers were in that movie, and I thought those are mm. each one of those is a MacGuffin, and I'm billions getting hungry. Of billions. And then I went to McDonald's right after I watched that movie. Right. Fantastic. Well, let's do script surgery. Scalpel. Dialogue. Character development. Jokes. On script surgery, we rip apart a screenplay and we bring it back to life. We provide constructive feedback that would make a screenplay actually work in the theater. Today we're going to talk about Johnny English part three. Three. Three, Johnny English. Nathan, what was your first take on this one? Ladies and gentlemen, they've done it again. Done it again. Yep, classic. One Johnny of our English favorite style. characters. Brought back to life on Just screen. Like James Bond, but more interesting. Nathan and I have this app that's called Chalkboard that we both use to count down important events coming up. We only have you one can, thing in the calendar. We only have one thing. The next John English <laughs> screenplay. And this one we were counting down for, for I think we started at 472 days. When we first heard that production was on production its way. Production was on its way. We entered it right into the chalkboard countdown. And boy, it was worth every day. I like that he's secret agent. Again. Didn't expect that one. <laughs> no. I would love if they just took Johnny English and put him in a new profession, you well, know, if he was a doctor I, or something. There was a rumor he was going to become a professional soccer player in this one to uh, track down a soccer um, cabal. Right. But didn't happen. No, and they just kind of, he's a he's a secret agent again. Yeah. And, and madness occurs. Yeah. Madness ensues (laughs) from title to credits. Credits. Yeah. If I was to do a description or tagline of this one, I would say Johnny English 3, Madness ensues, British style. Because everything about this. That really should have been the tagline. Yeah. It it says says it all there. Yeah. It's UK, you know, Based, tip yeah. to tail. UK yeah. tip to tail. Soccer, yeah. fish and chips, Johnny English, even in the name. Johnny, his last name is his origin. origin. It's perfect. That's in, such an easy way to yeah. write a character. Well, that's a good tip, and that's one of our hair's rules. It comes back. You know, we, we've talked about this before is the characters' names. Yeah. You make it so crystal clear what this person's all about. We've talked about those screenplays, Hope and Faith, Faith and Faith and 
Stephen, where you you telegraph the character's uh, core element in their name, and Johnny English does that. He's a Johnny, and he's an Englishman. Yep. If mine, it'd be Nathan Canadian. Nathan Canadian, yeah. Oh, actually, that's a good <laughs> for a screenplay. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. We should uh, work on that. Nathan Canadian. He's the tagline for that. Guess where he's from? UK. No. Canada. But Canada. Anyway, I like it. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's work on that. Okay, let's brainstorm that. First, we'll whiteboard it. Then we'll brainstorm it. Let's do log on cage match. Logline cage match is where we pitch each other ideas to simulate a real Hollywood pitch session. We give each other feedback, no holds barred. Do you have an idea for us? I sure do. Today on Logline cage match, gonna pitch one called Mr. Words of the Year. It's about a person who dreams at night of the words of the year for the next 20 years. And he writes them down each year, and it turns out that everyone is correct, and it turns out that he can predict the future. Mr. Words of the Year. That's cool. So the words of the year, is that like in the dictionary when they add a new word that's never been in there before, or is it? It's what they do is it's not necessarily about adding it, but it's about like the dictionary say this was the word of the year that like summarized the year that was so for instance this year they just announced the word of the year was toxic really yes toxic so what that means is that 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 gives you an indication of what life society was all about in 2018 toxic Hmm. toxic environment toxic waste toxic dumps toxic garbage toxic compost all that stuff toxic Wow, that's cool. And so this one that I'm thinking of, it's about a person who... I'm picturing he's out walking the street carrying a dictionary, and he gets hit by lightning. The lightning strikes him and the dictionary at the same time. And he's overcome with the knowledge of words, both of today and of the future, and it allows him to predict what the words of the year will be for the next 20 years. And that's how he knows them, and he becomes famous but not wealthy right uh, predicting those words people come to him like what's the word of the year this year oh thanks they throw it on their website and he doesn't get much acclaim for it but in his heart he knows he's done something kind of neato wow that sounds pretty sweet so the year the word of the year has already been announced the word of the year is that has recently been announced by the by one of the dictionaries i saw i saw today and then I guess the it's I guess it's pretty days. close to the end of the year, so that makes sense. Yeah, usually mid to late November, early December, the different dictionaries start to announce their words of the year. Do you like reading end of the year lists? Oh, I I love I lists. love reading end of the countdowns, year lists. Countdowns, lists, countdowns, best plays of, misplays, best saves, best checks, best goals. Those are all sports related. All hockey related. Those yeah. are the ones I like. Uh, best coaching moves in hockey. Yeah. Um, love them. I love lists, best of lists. Usually I take lists and combine them and make, create my own super lists, and then it takes me years to get through that list. So right now I'm on best albums of 2009. Probably so, got, what, 
Meriwether Post Pavilion by Animal Collective. Yeah, Black Eyed Cherry, uh, Say Something, Third Eye Blind. I just found this new band, Third Eye Blind. Uh, they have this hit called... Um, Semi-Charmed Life. Semi-Charmed Life. Yeah. That's, that's even o- older, but I just came across that one. Um, tub Thumping, I Get Knocked Down, I Get Knocked Up Again, yeah. that one. Yeah, so it takes me a little while to get through these lists because you can only listen to so many albums. Yeah. I'm sorry, how do music reviewers really do it? They must be lying half the time. I feel like I do kind of wonder if you're a music reviewer, if you – I don't even know what my thought is on this, but I guess just how do you appreciate – you must be so detached. But then again, that's what people say about us and the way we approach screenplays, and we still love them. Exactly. And speaking of detached, that pretty well brings us to the end of this episode. Let's detach it. Pick it up again next week, this convo. It's a pretty good one. But until then, I hope you keep your dialogue snappy. Always keep writing.